Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I am joined by Perfect Ten himself, Ricky. How are you this evening, Ricky? Yeah, Sam, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. But bless you. <laughs> uh, how did you enjoy your birthday celebrations on the day of the Royal Rumble? Um, oh, it was good. It was good. Although, like, because um, I kind of watched it through the day on Monday, um, I, I stayed off Twitter, so I didn't really get a gauge of everyone's reaction, etc. So, you know, so I don't really know what anyone else has thought about it outside maybe one or two people. So, short horror, you formed your own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I always form my own opinion. <laughs> uh, well, we'll talk about the the Royal Rumble itself in a short while, and we also will talk about the the big news that's been happening over the last couple of nights in the land of WWE. Certain wrestlers leaving or not leaving, we will decide that closer to the time. But uh, well, first off, we'll start with NXT Takeover in Phoenix, Arizona. What were your overall opinions of the takeover, Mister Ricky? Um, two two great matches. I felt um, two pretty good matches in one kind of solid match. The uh, five match folio just it works. It, it wasn't. I'm not going to put it like my top five or anything like that takeovers no. it wasn't a bad takeover but it wasn't one of the best ones but it was still a real enjoyable night of wrestling I felt mm. um, they just know how to do tag matches um, Johnny Gargano continues to produce on takeovers um, yeah I'm Overall, it was a real good two and a half hours of wrestling. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely loved, loved the way they ended the show. Did you? I thought it was great. A whole year later, and uh, things have changed entirely. On the face of it, at the moment. Aye, 
I think it was a good takeover. As you say, I wouldn't pay to put it in the top five. But the way things were going in 2018, I mean, they just kept getting better or they just maintained that constant high quality. So there is going to come a point where it, that at some point a takeover doesn't have the same glitz and glamour, the same sort of like 70 star matches throughout the whole card. And I think this is one of those nights where it just, it just happened like that but you can't maintain excellence constantly it's going to be too hard to do and there were a couple of matches that maybe felt just a, a tad flat whether by design or not I'm unsure but the as you say we'll, we'll go through the card, the matches itself the, the card and we'll just give wee talking points and as we go through we will discuss the predictions that we did and we've got some interesting scores already in the first day of the return of the Predictions League. So the first match that we had was the NXT Tag Team Championship match between Undisputed Era and Wall Raiders. Again, Undisputed Era, common denominator in these excellent tag team matches. It did feel very different with Wall Raiders compared to the the sort of strong style stuff that they had going on with Oni and Lorcan. Only Lorcan and Danny Birch with Mustache Mountain, those guys. So it did feel different with the the more sort of bruiser brawling style that World Raiders brought to the match. But I still I still think overall, possibly the match of the night for the card. Don't know. Um, I mean, I I can understand if, if anyone feels that way. It wasn't for me, but it was it was probably. I think it was probably the second match of the night, I would say, mm-hmm. for me. It's a toss-up between that and the Ricochet-Gargano match. It's just with this one, it was a fresh offence that Undisputed Era had to deal with. And Hansen, there was a certain point in a match where, see the finishing move that you do, where the Kyle O'Reilly does the sort of leg sweep and Roddy Strong does the, the yeah. high knee. And they went to do that to Hanson, but he cartwheeled out of it. I just thought that was fantastic, and it was one of those ones using your your arsenal to your strength. And it was just a, a sort of gasp moment. That was excellent. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he cartwheel out of two separate moves? Uh huh. He did a couple of cartwheels yeah. throughout the match, but just that one in particular was. Oh yeah, it was excellent. Quite the visual, and we both both of us had undisputed era for that one. And I was surprised to see World Raiders won just straight away off the bat. You know, as soon as I saw the World Raiders entrance, I immediately messaged into our other league predictions that we were part of, and I said I want to change my pick. And I kind of wasn't like I wasn't joking; I was being serious. Um, right. As soon as I saw that entrance, it was like, right, well, it, you felt that a couple of things that you felt was of. Well, First of all, the, uh, the entrance was unbelievable. Um, yeah, was absolute cool. fire. But it was like, you got the impression it was like, oh, Triple H, they're treating them like a big deal. It's like they're giving them this grand entrance. And it was like, you almost felt like they're not going to give them this grand entrance to kind of have them fall short. True. So as soon as I saw that, I kind of realised, I wouldn't say it, was, it, it wasn't obvious or anything like that, but I, I straight away I saw it and I was like, they're going to win. Because you're not going to do that, I don't think, and not give no win. It's a good point. I never thought about it like that. I also marked out for it because I'm actually watching Vikings at the moment on Amazon. So 
seeing these guys do the Vikings entrance with probably a few future world champs underneath those helmets and masks in there. Well, uh, Sarah Logan was one of them. Yes, I heard that she was one of them. So I'm guessing there will be a rematch at the WrestleMania weekend one. Yeah. As a sort of, right, this is it. So Undisputed Era, they'll have a couple more months with NXT and then possibly a call-up around April time. We'll see what happens there, but I think this is still, the rivalry's not finished here, and I wonder how they'll be able to elevate it from what we got, because doing a straight-up rematch, can they can they do a different match, or would it be a gimmick, a two out of three falls, or something different, a ladder? Maybe this will be the ladder match this year? Mm, I don't think it'll be the ladder match, but I think... I'm not entirely sure. It could be the end of the feud at the WrestleMania takeover. Um, yeah, I still think it will be. It's just a case of will it be a big a big deal? And then you the kind of wonder world? what they're going to then do with Undisputed Era. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it will, it will go on to WrestleMania, obviously. Um, and I look forward to it. Can they top it? It will be difficult too. But as we say, NXT, they've shown, whether it's NXT, the one over in Florida, or the UK version, they just kind of know how to do great tag team matches. Yeah, I mean, look at the revival in DIY. Their Brooklyn match was excellent, and they somehow managed to top it at the Toronto um, takeover in November that year. So it can be done. Maybe they just yep. go for the, the good old-fashioned NXT staple, two out of three falls for that one. Maybe they, it could be overdone if they do that, though. Mm-hmm. It's a gimmick that are starting not just not just NXT, but WWE in general are relying on maybe a bit too heavily at the moment. But I, I, I think it will be Undisputed Era that continue the feud because are there any other credible heel tag teams going on at the moment in NXT? Certainly not to the level that you would feel, like you said, credible or they would seem like a threat at the moment. I can't even think of another heel tag team. The mighty have done. Nick Miller's away home. Not sure. It just, I mean, I know they keep putting on great matches, but the, the tag team scene seems lacking. Maybe you get the legends, the grizzled young vets over. <laughs> Put on a clinic. Uh, I'm not sure where they would go from here, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, after WrestleMania. Aye. But, like we say, WrestleMania's, what, 10 weeks or so away? You know, there's plenty of time to build people up with this uh-huh. between now and then. That's the thing with Wall Raiders, one, at least one of them being quite injured after War Games. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough time to have a proper build, so maybe they can get a right good story going for this one coming up. So one rivalry that does seem to be over is Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. I won't say anything. The floor is yours. Oh, Matt, Matt, Matt. Right. On the surface, I, I get the story that they were telling where Cassius Ono... I've enjoyed the story that they've told where Cassius Ono has been trying to stop Matt Riddle in his tracks, be the gatekeeper, and he's shut the gates over, basically, not allowing any more entry. 
Uh, I quite liked the parts where Cassius Ono was standing on Matt Riddle's toes and grinding away. I liked that. It was basically taking the piss out of him walking about in his bare feet. Um, the comeback was ho-hum. I did like... I very much enjoyed that sleeper suplex. That was mm-hmm. pretty impressive. That's a, that, I would like to see that as a finisher, or if not a finisher, the the sort of signature move that leads up to the finish. But I just, you know, just to quickly cut you off, just so I can get your opinion on this as well. Do you not think the biggest thing to come out of that match was we found out that Cassius Ono has a foot fetish? <laughs> That's right, because he, he had them in his mouth as well, didn't he? The toes. Yep. I've not got much Cash, Cash is Ono oh no, I'm not going to say it just continue sorry go on Mm-mm. is it a joke are you trying to steal oh, really? you, no, no it's not a joke it's, it's quite something quite disgusting quite a horrible image to be honest but continue oh you've you've left the listeners hanging there uh, Cash is Ono deep throated Matt Riddle's toe <laughs> can't, well I don't think his toes are that long Uh, the Broto so but see I just I thought the finish was quite weak I really did Cassie Sono is a behemoth of a man he's stock he's, I mean he's chunky obviously he's 6'7 six, 6'6 six, six. I just felt as if these sort of elbows into the set it's like I don't know it just felt a wee bit not definitive enough of a finish for me and why d- what Fargo, yeah. What? Anyway, you didn't like the finish? I thought it was shite. I thought the finish was excellent. It was weak. It, it was... was not weak, it was like classic MMA ground and pound. Well, you know how I feel about MMA. <laughs> Maybe that's why you thought the finish was weak. <laughs> Does that happen a lot on MMA? Really? Yeah. I'm probably I'm probably alone in this opinion then, but I mean, give me a good old fashioned power bomb any day. But I mean, they, see if they did something like the sleeper suplex, elevated off the top rope or something like that, or something. It just didn't do it for me. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm not. I'm still no further forward with liking Matt Riddle. The sandals are the Nike Jerusalem's are a, a terrible look. I've got no. That 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 is a terrible look. That is. So is so is suits a suit with trainers. Suit. I know he doesn't do that, but I'm just giving you some fashion advice. Don't wear a pair of trainers with a suit. That is also not a good look. Okay. Who does that in the WWE? Do you know? Not entirely sure who doesn't. I don't think anyone does, but I've seen it quite often. Mm-hmm. It's not a good look. It's so- not a good look. I was hoping that this would be a match where, right, okay, I can start to warm to Matt Riddle, but it didn't happen. Uh, the the ground and pound finisher gets a big fat L from me. Right, next match, unless you've got something else to add. Well, we both you, didn't like, you didn't like Ronda, but you've grown to like her. Mm-hmm. So, you know how we always tell other people to give it time, etc. And not to rush to an opinion. I think you give him till WrestleMania and see who, who he's feuding with at that point. 
and then make a decision. Okay. I mean, he has been there for a good few months now. He's had enough matches. With who, though? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Because a lot of when, when you bring in someone, someone new, a lot of the early matches are kind of squash matches where you're just kind of building them up and trying to get a mystique and aura about them. So maybe just hold off before fully deciding that you don't like him. Okay, right, I promise then I'll wait until WrestleMania weekend and decide then. If he hits the ground and pound finisher, I'm cancelling the network. For fuck's sake, no you're not. We both we both uh, went for Matt Riddle there. Um so we at least got a point so far in the night. Next match was the am I right in saying it was the Ricochet Gargano match next? Yep. Another belter for Johnny Gargano to add to his resume, uh, and Ricochet once again. All red, I mean, has he had a bad takeover match yet? Not at all. Don't think so. I really liked how, obviously, right. This was uh, one of those ones where they were showing off their gymnastics and their their fancy schmancy stuff. But see, when it got to when it got real dirty, they were gritty, and it was almost a clumsiness to the the moves they were doing. And that sold the aggression that they wanted to enact in, upon each other. And I quite liked that. It just seemed a bit messy and gritty. And I quite enjoyed the... It seemed to get personal quite quickly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to continue talking now. No. Um, whew. It was, it was it really was a great great match, um, and, and you know probably like the best part about it was the hesitation from Gargano after he exposed the concrete, uh-huh. before kind of deciding, no, I'm going to do it because as you say, he still comes down and he's like kind of high fiving little kids and etc. And he's still doing baby face things at times as well as his heel. He's got heel, some heel characteristics as well. Um, Ricochet is, isn't just like a a gymnastics freak. Like he's he's got so much more. No, not than at all. that. Um, and I'll I'm, I'll be honest. Like I I'm not a fan of like doing so like a lot of quote unquote flippy things and and all this. Like, give me, like, a Bret Hart-type match. You know, I would rather watch Bret Hart than I would watch... Rather watch, like, people jumping about the ring all the entire match. Uh-huh. But Ricochet isn't just that. No. Um, a lot of power to his... Uh, he's got a power game to him as well. Um, great ring psychology. He's selling, was, selling's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it really was like, a, a excellent, excellent match, and... Like I say, as you kind of saw a little more character development from Gargano, you kind of saw him you move even more towards the dark side. Yes, with, obviously. With, with, I'll kind of finally ultimately decide, no, I'm going to, going to use exposed concrete to my advantage. Um, yeah, it was, it was a truly great, great match. It really was. Um, at least as Gargano... You know, that's like, what is this? Probably like the fifth or sixth takeover 
in a row that he's put on like quote unquote like a five star type match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, he's just built for like the big moment. Uh-huh. Um, overall, th- overall, from start to finish, that match was it, it really was truly excellent, and it kind of took you on a journey. But ultimately, like I say, it kind of concluded or came full circle. Like I say, when Gargano decided to like to use uh-huh, the, to exposed the exposed concrete. There was a bit I was trying to find the text that I'd sent you on Sunday morning, where. There was a lovely transition from a springboard. Um, Ricochet was trying to do one of those springboard elbows or probably a springboard stunner or something like that, but Gargano caught him and turned, put him into the Gargano escape. And mm-hmm. very shortly after that, the Ricochet did some crazy... It wasn't even a suplex that I think has a name. Just launched him behind him right into the turnbuckle. And shortly after that, uh, a spot that I always do enjoy is the, the suicide dive over the corner of the ring rather than just the normal side flew it for yards there so there were spots in it it was quite spot heavy in times but there was still a good story being told with the the concrete being exposed so it was another classic match there from Mr Gargano and Mr O'Shea so hats off to them we both got we both predicted Johnny Gargano right for that one yep next match in the card was Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair this was one of the ones you got wrong. You picked Miss Belair, and I correctly guessed Shayna Baszler. What were your thoughts on this match? Um, ah, again, I really enjoyed it. I really uh, enjoyed it. It was good. I liked this one too. Um, and obviously, Bianca Belair, she she made Shayna Baszler bleed the hard way. Um, when she whipped her hair into her stomach. Oh, that was fantastic! Um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was excellent, absolutely terrific. Um, in, I was gutted. Like, I love Shayna Baszler, but I was gutted that Bianca Belair didn't win. And I know, I know we hate when when someone's booked to lose, but they want them to look strong. But I felt. Bianca Belair coming out of that match didn't lose credibility at all. If they do it during the match, I'm more than fine with that. Oh, like, yeah, if they do it, like, whatever the, some of the stuff they do post-match. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just not a fan, though, of Shayna's two little sidekicks. Oh, they're greener than, greener than grass. They've got no presence about them whatsoever. And maybe that'll come in time, and maybe, maybe it's just because you look at someone like Shayna and how great she is, and just how much, uh, how quickly Ronda's picked stuff up, and it kind of, it kind of shows it's not for everyone. Not everyone picks it up so quickly, or maybe they're just not as quick as the other two in picking things up, mm-hmm. or maybe they're just not ready yet for it. Um, but like we said, but. Just, we, we were just saying about Riddle there that we should be patient and just see how they get on. Yeah, that's but, fine. But I would also like to see a little change up where Shayna just goes back a little bit to what she was about six, seven, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, like because she she beat the holy hell out of Ember Moon back in back to back matches. Uh-huh. Granted, she lost the first one, um, 
and I know she had she had some help at uh, Evolution against Kyrie Sane. Um, but I kind of hope if she does defend again at WrestleMania, which she obviously will, if she's going to retain, I'd like her to retain it like in a, in a typical Shayna dominant fashion. Uh huh. I just think the the two lackeys they're not working for me at the moment. They don't, they're not intimidating in the slightest. I mean, they just don't seem to see with regards to Ronda gets a lot of slack from her promo skills and her confidence on the mic and her presence and just to sort of got to stay, you got to know where the hard cam is, pal. There's just something just off about these two girls right now, and I'm not, I'm not really up for it. See if Shayna had two henchwomen who looked believable, I'd be fine with it. I get that Shayna's getting a bit more desperate to hold on to the title and she's looking for help but when the help that's been offered just comes across shit then I'm not for it and I know you just mentioned Rhonda and we'll touch on it we could touch on it later and you're talking about her mic skills just what I say like her comeback to Becky I thought was pretty excellent on Raw yes. she, she, she spoke truth and facts so I've actually and if you're going forward, that's how you kind of want Ronda to come across. You want her to emphasise like that nastiness in the main streak and kind of just almost ask her just to be herself. Yes, uh, I've, um, I've actually got a wee couple of notes that I decided to take this week. Um, we'll we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll talk about yeah, Ronda sure. later um, because. Many a ramification was had on Sunday night and Monday night as well, so we'll discuss that more at length later on. Yep. Next and last match was Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black. I really enjoyed this one, I have to say. It kind of felt understated compared to the epic stuff that Ciampa's been putting on last year and Black, but it seemed like a, a struggle for either man to get to get ahead in the game and then Champa was really started working on Black's knee or was it his back no it was his knee wasn't it so it just seemed like one of those again a sort of gritty it wasn't a pretty match put it that way and I quite enjoyed that for what it was so not not the best match from either men I've seen but I, I was quite satisfied with how it all worked out yeah and for me, the kind of real talking point from it was I just assumed Alistair Black would then probably come up to Raw Smackdown. Whether he come up to the Royal Rumble then went to Raw Smackdown. It maybe will eventually, but the stuff that happened post-takeover kind of makes me believe that's not going to happen. Um, well, they've got this half-time heat thing coming up next week. Oh, this weekend now. Uh, that's true. Worlds collide. There's worlds collide. There's the halftime heat with Cole DIY, Cole and DIY versus Dream Black and Ricochet. Is that right? Because of the brawl that was filmed after the takeover ended. So that's right. Is that the blow off? Maybe that's what it is. But where would you fit them in leading up to WrestleMania if they were to come up to the main roster? Mm. A toughie. I mean, you could always put Alistair Black in that position that you're going to put Lars Sullivan in. 
if he's not going to be back, or they wouldn't do it, but you could always, no, you wouldn't do Daniel Bryan. Um, maybe you could do AJ if he's not got a purpose. Maybe AJ uh, can get buy some Gillette razors or something. And... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, going back to that match, um, it, it, it was still a good, it was still a good main event. I did enjoy it, um, but the big, like I said, the big thing was the image at the end with Gargano coming out and both DIY members standing at the top of the ramp holding their titles in the air. I'm I'm quite intrigued to see where they go from here, mm-hmm. what they're going to do with that. Got a, a two-man power trip coming up, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it doesn't need to be like a full-on reunion or anything like that. Um, well, I don't know, but do you know what? I, do you know, I think it's probably just going to lead to more, again to Gargano Champa at some point. Oh, please no. Because I think what the story could go again would be like Gargano, sorry, Champa's maybe got got a hold of Gargano again and he sucked him over to the dark side before Johnny ultimately kind of sees the light and finally vanquishes Champa. I don't know. I'm not saying right now or at WrestleMania time because it still feels too soon. Mm-hmm. But maybe around about SummerSlam time because that would have been a full year. I just... Are they not relying on these guys too much? Yeah, but could, you would imagine one of them might end up moving up. That's true. So you kind of... I kind of feel it'll be Champa that goes up because you you know, like that old-fashioned way of thinking that, you know, you've got to kind of, the babyface has got to come out on top and Champa finally gets his comeuppance and loses Goldie. Mm-hmm. The go- Goldie. I keep forgetting about that. It's just, it's just guesswork right now. You've got the halftime yeah. heat. I imagine there will be tapings in full sale this very evening. They usually do tapings the, the Wednesday after, don't they? Mm. What was the... There was a couple of matches. It was the tag team of Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai versus the two Shitehawks. Was that was that just for a pre-show? Or was that taped for a, a NXT for a just a normal episode of NXT? That will that was taped for this week's <coughs> NXT. What happened to I don't know which ones which. What happened to did one of them break their face during the match? Have you heard anything about that? No, I just saw all on that ridiculous mask thing uh-huh. um, but I said I didn't <clears throat> I didn't really go on Twitter um, too busy build, enjoying build, build, building up to take over and then pretty much all day Sunday I wasn't on Twitter at all mm-hmm. um, too busy enjoying my my birthday <laughs> with the wife I'm, I'm very glad to hear that well, I was out with a wife, you know. That was it. <laughs> right, so let's move on. Uh, from the predictions of that night, you had three points and I got four. So I'm in the lead currently. And then the Royal Rumble comes along and things change drastically. Is it indeed? So will we go in order with this one as well? Why not? Right, first match. I'm not, I can't even be bothered talking about the Authors of Pain or Author of Pain and a Reviveler versus 
Chad, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. The stipulation apparently was, uh, I don't care, let's move wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. Was that on a was that on a pre-show? Uh-huh. I don't fucking know that at all. Uh, there's a dreadful stipulation that didn't even come to bear fruit anyway, so doesn't matter. Next up was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev for the US title. Um, Rusev inadvertently bumps into his wife yet again, whose ankle was done in, which plays a, a very pivotal role in the pay-per-view later on. And Nakamura... The title changed hands. That was quite a shock. I don't. I can't imagine many people got that correct in any predictions across the land because we certainly didn't get it right. Uh, I'm still confused by it, uh, and I know the title's now changed hands again. Maybe that was. I don't know. I don't really know what the thinking was behind it. See, they've changed. <sighs> what happened in SmackDown was an absolute mess. With this with the US title. Uh huh. Mm. Shinsuke Nakamura loses to Artruth in a matter of minutes then Rusev comes down and challenges and he loses in a matter of seconds Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev, like Nakamura's basically cost Rusev to bat, batter, not batter bump into his wife on two occasions now and then their pals in their tag team what What was that all about? that's a, that's a shambles I don't know you know, you know what it, what it was? It was like that scene from Step Brothers where they both became best friends. Did we just become best friends? Yup. Just like that. Despite hating one another, they became best friends in, in one random scene. Aye. I've not seen that film, so I'll just have to You've never that. watched Step Brothers? Um, <sighs> Jesus, man. Will Ferrell? You like Will Ferrell? Aye. I've just not seen all of his films. Uh, you should go watch it, it's funny. It rings a bell. I think I have. There's a bit where one of them says they're trying to get to sleep at night and one of them says, I hate your guts, but in a loving way. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, I think so. Right, we'll move on. Did you catch the cruiserweight match at all? Nope. I'll fill you in then. Uh, this was apparently Hideo Watami's second last match for WWE. He ate the pin from Buddy Murphy after what was... Not the best, because 205 do very well in the multi-man format. We were discussing with um, at Cathy67 on Twitter, the good old organised chaos that WWE more often than not thrive in when it comes to their matches. Uh, and this was one of those ones that because of the, the weight limit, more aerially inclined, it was a different kind of organised chaos and these guys used the ropes to their advantage, the apron to their advantage, Um and they worked well with each other. That is, that is bred from the familiar. Fam, right, I won't try and say that word again. The familiarity. See <laughs> <laughs> how well they know each other. Um, so I quite enjoyed thinking back on that match. I really enjoyed it for what it was. Another good advert for two o five. Okay, it was on the pre-show. Still a good match. If you want to see a good match, go out your way to see it. Buddy Murphy retains. At the time, I thought Itami would be the one to go on and challenge Buddy Murphy. And I'll let you in on a wee sort of secret uh, under the hood when I was doing the 205 Live column this morning. Typed it up. Aria Devari had attacked Hidami, Itami at the end of their match that Itami lost against Tozawa. And I thought, all right, so are they going to turn Itami face? 
in the lead up to a Murphy match at WrestleMania and I said this will be interesting to see what happens with Atami going forward and I literally looked once I'd posted it and it said underneath it Hiteo Atami asks for release in the news site and I thought oh here we go perfect timing Would you read now for the listeners or me? Do you? But the listeners because, heard it. I mean, I do read your two or five results. Yeah, I do read your two or five results. Uh huh. I do read them. Okay. Well, thank you if you're telling the truth. But I was just <laughs> why would I lie about that? I was just telling you what happened. I thought it was a funny wee story. Uh, I would have. I would have um, requested that the site take that down, and then you'd read. You'd redo it. <coughs> the whole thing. No, just, even at the bottom, you could have put something like "Atami has been released." Ignore my last paragraph, or just delete the last paragraph. Promptly deleted. Uh, mhm. The entire thing. What are your thoughts on the supposed? It's a work, by the way. What are the supposed uh, ending of Atami's WWE career? Suppose he just says what he's right there. You, it's supposed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it, to be honest, because I couldn't care less about him. <laughs> he's had a lot of injuries. Although, what I will say is, though, like, injuries really did derail him, because remember when he first signed to NXT? That was a pretty big-ass deal. Mm-hmm. And he had a like, really good series. Lot, with... Yep, and a lot of people were like, Jesus, like, you know, so... Injuries didn't help his time at all. Um, but do do just try and think back and realise just how much buzz he came into NXT with. Uh-huh. But again, like you know, I, I don't care. Um, injuries um, obviously derailed derailed any push he would have gotten. NXT as a culture had moved on considerably in his time away, so he was always playing catch-up when he came back. And it wasn't, it just wasn't working for him, the heel turn. It was miles behind everyone else. And then he moved over to 205 Live, where they sort of kept going with the Show Me Respect character. I did actually really like his work on 205 Live. He was a bit of a, a cold assassin, uh, and really took it to his opponents, especially Hideo Itami. So, personally, it will be sad to see him go. Whatever he wants to do when he's if he's going back to Noah, uh, unsure, but all the best for him. So we'll move on to the main card, which started with a bang. Asuka versus what's her name? <laughs> Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Title. Asuka retained. Mm-hmm. I thought she would, but it was still a good match. What, what were your thoughts on the the clean finish specifically? That was the only thing that I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. Um, and it's it turned out to be perfect. It was a pretty brutal submission to try and get out of. Yeah, and, and the reason why I say it's perfect is not a single person is talking about how Becky got beat in the middle of the ring clean. No shenanigans, no nothing because of what took place later on in the night. Mm-hmm. And you kind of need to give them credit for that. Yes. 
because if she didn't come into a Royal Rumble, a lot of people would have been up in arms saying, how does she lose clean when she had all this momentum? Of course. But now, but now, like I said, that she did come into the Rumble and win it, not a single person is going to be talking about it. And, and Asuka can bring it up, and the commentators can bring it up, the commentary team can bring it up as well, to kind of put Asuka over even more, but ultimately no one's going to care that... We're not, going to, not so much they're not going to care. We're not going to care from like the Becky point of view because they're like, oh, we don't care. We don't care that she lost her. She now won the Royal Rumble. And now she's going on to face Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So it, it worked out perfectly the way they planned it to. What did you think of the match itself? Real good. Yeah. Really good. Um, I can't need to go back into the WhatsApp to see what you actually described it as, but I thought you described it pretty well. Oh, well, thank you, thank you very a much. A scrappy belter or whatever you say. Um, and it was, it was like both women like kicking and clawing, trying to get to the top. Um, I'll check. It was just, it was really, really good. It's just a real, like you said, a real scrappy affair. Quite hard hitting as well. Um, I was, at the time, very surprised that Becky tapped. I, I was, but it all I, made sense in see, the end. I wasn't surprised because it was basically the equivalent of turning a figure four leg lock into a figure eight. That applied pressure, the elevated pressure. And it was it was quite similar to the Daniel my favourite finisher that he doesn't do anymore, the cattle mutilation. It was similar to that, and I thought, you can't get out of that. You're stuck, Becky. You've got nothing nothing you can do right now will save you, so you just need to tap. So I quite liked that. Like, it was a it was a clean finish that worked for me, unlike um, elbows to the cheek. Well, elbows to... Uh, right. Elbows to the cheek will knock your ass out. Right, okay. It's a legitimate finish. I called the opener a right scrappy belter. Yes, so... But if you could have went the other way, you could have just had Becky pass out and not actually tap. No. If you wanted to kind of protect her or make her look even more badass. But like I say, having her tap and then going on and winning the Royal Rumble, nobody's even thinking about Becky tapping out now. See if they... But it's still going, still going, but going forward, that's going to be a feather in Asuka's cap. See if Becky had ta- had passed out. We would have been going on a bit more, even more Austin comparisons, and it would have just been ridiculous. But it, it maybe, but at the same time, like you see it, like even in MMA, like you see guys that just flat out refuse to tap. No, I'm just meaning that people seem. No, to I know. Do you know, know what I mean? So, but like I say, the booking of that couple with what took place at Royal Rumble was was pretty perfect for both women now. Uh-huh. Asuka's still strong I mean she's not the the most popular woman at the moment obviously with things that are going on but she's do, done well she capitalised with the carry on at TLC she beat the man clean so it's interesting to see what they'll do with Asuka going forward yeah and that ending was just kind of all about Asuka and showing that she is like who we thought she was, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky obviously was never in a running to win it. Obviously, for what we done later on. So, in a way, you you did you did protect Becky from tapping out 
for what you've done later on in it. And like I said, I thought it was once you factor in both of those things, it was pretty, it was pretty damn good. Very good thinking. Uh huh. Um, we both went for Asuka there and got that correct. The next match was the SmackDown Tag Team Title match. The Bar versus the Miz, Mac, Miz Mattins. I can't remember what they called themselves. The match was fine. Again, there wasn't any glaring errors. Shane McMahon pulled off a pretty sweet shooting star press. Jesus. It, it was good. It was... Uh, uh, it, it, it was, like, considering a guy with his age, and I don't know if he's... I don't think he's ever done that. Um, and it was something... Something that was just... Like, as soon as it happened, like... I'm, I text you straight away and I said, like, he's just hit a fucking shooting star press. Like, I, think it's I don't the think first he was one. capable of that. He's done it before, but he's missed. He did it against AJ and King Kurt. Oh, that's right. In the, that street fight. See, mm, that was, it was still pretty fucking awesome. See, a wee aside, I'm reading Edge's autobiography just now, and they're talking about that King of the Ring night, where Edge beat Kurt Angle because Shane interfered, mm-hmm. leading up, but just before that street fight, apparently Kurt Angle had been concussed in the match against Christian in the first, the semi-final match. So, Kurt mm-hmm. Angle was concussed in the first match, had a match with Edge, and then had a street fight with Shane. That is absolute madness. Well, integrity and intensity. And I dare say as well... Oh, well. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks for your p- pill addiction, good guy. Fuck's sake. Well... <laughs> No wonder, he was, um, no wonder he needed them. Yeah, like you say, that was the one match I think Universal, a lot of us were just like, oh. Um, but it was it was, it was, was fine. It was, it was a fine match. Like, there wasn't anything to get excited about. And it's not a kind of match I'll go back and watch again. But it certainly wasn't, you know, this joke of a match. Um and like I said, ultimately, I think it's all just going to lead to Miz eventually turning on uh, Shane. Uh-huh. It's just um, this whole thing with Shane desperate for his dad to... Uh, sorry, the Miz is desperate for his dad to see him win the tag team titles. He's won the tag team titles before. Why is this made out to be some <laughs> massive deal? It's just... The- or what, what, what if you flipped it, right? And you had Shane turn on Miz. Mm-hmm. And you made Miz to be this big monster babyface. And then Shane goes to Mrs. Dad's house and batters him. No, why not? It's worked before. It's just it's it's completely out of character for how the Mrs. has been the last year or so. Hanji. Yep. Hanji indeed. And <laughs> um, we both predicted that one correct as well. Next match was possibly my favourite of the night. Becky Lynch versus No. <laughs> Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Title match. Your prediction for over two and a half for Sasha's botches did not come true, unless I missed something. I didn't see a single one. This was my second favourite match of the night. Okay. Oh, God, I Excellent. Can't wait to hear what your first one is. Um, This was one of those grappling clinics that I thoroughly enjoy. Ronda's got a really good intensity in the ring. See, see one of these days though. See these judo throws in the 
the Piper's Pit move that she does. She's mm. going to snap someone's neck one day. Well, did she, she got... <sighs> Who was it? Was it Alexa Bliss she done it to in a row? It looked really rough. Or was uh, it Alicia Fox? Alicia Fox it was. I, I like Ronda. I thought it was a really good match. Um, it was fantastic. Her kind of selling of the of her shoulder or arm was was excellent. Um, thought Sasha was terrific as well. Um, that was a return to form for Sasha, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, this was this really was a real great technical grappling affair. Um, so just some some really wonderful stuff. Um, I'm not entirely sure how I felt about the whole handshake after it, but I guess it was fine. Um, I would have loved Sasha to maybe to to smack to smack Ronda at that moment. Um, I know because that was, I guess I guess it's just that was one of those so, ones where they're trying to make Sasha look strong after the fact, and she was walking down back up the ramp nearly in tears and then she comes back and flings her phone up in her face I'm like what does that prove nothing no I know you just um, you just get beat Beronda Rousey what's the four horsewomen thing didn't really work for, in your favour didn't that night Sasha no I agree um, I haven't seen the Bailey match yet from Monday Night Raw there was also a good little match it was a good match as well and they Bailey and Becky as Becky was approaching the ring, threw up the four fingers to each other as well. Um, I completely lost my what I was about to say. Sorry, I jumped in there. Um, <clears throat> We're talking just talking about the technical brilliance of the match and how. See, since you've forgotten, still see the what I was saying about Ronda's. It, I mean, it, it looks very impactful. But one of these days, it could go wrong and it could injure someone. It's as if she doesn't know her own strength and her own speed. Because mm-hmm. she nails those Piper's pits brutally. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've just completely been thrown. Uh, I can't I, I can't. I can't even think what I was about to say now. <laughs> I didn't even write any notes this week either. No, I'll leave it to you if you want to. If you wanted. Well, if we keep going through dissect the matches piece for piece, we could be here for quite a while tonight, especially with talking about the Dean Ambrose stuff later on. So we'll move on to the most, the the weakest match of the night for me, the SmackDown WWE title match between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. This did not have the same energy that we witnessed at TLC by a long stretch. It was... It was alright, it was hard hitting um, Got a bit bloody AJ's nose or teeth were busted open Maybe it yeah, was... I think that was from the bump From going over the top rope mm-hmm. I think that was quite early on actually It was early on I mean, It was It was alright Just it Could it have been one of those ones That had just come off of No in fact I've got the order wrong It was the Women's Rumble next But we'll just Since we're talking about Styles and Brian We'll keep going about it From what happened In the Women's Royal Rumble It could have fallen flat Because it does happen Where something big happens uh, And the crowd are just shattered But It was still a bit of a random match And then Rowan Eric Rowan comes down Looking confused (laughs) (laughs) 
just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so I liked I liked how Daniel Bryan was a kind of attacking uh, AJ's kind of like upper chest, shoulder area, etc. And it kind of played in that played a part later on where AJ couldn't like jump up on the top rope and hit this phenomenal forearm, so he had to kind of improvise. And that improvisation kind of cost him a few seconds, and Daniel Bryan was able to. As AJ was coming down, was able to kick him again, um, take advantage. I thought that was really good. They worked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it was hard hitting, just like all, all previous three have been. It was probably, I don't want to say my least favourite, because that portrays it in a negative light. I would say it was number four on the list of the four matches. Um, it, it, that's not to say it was a bad match it, it still was a good match with Eric Rowan coming down at the end I had honestly I was waiting for in all seriousness I don't know why but I was waiting for Harper uh-huh. and then for the lights to go out and for Bray to appear so did I I thought at least I Harper. thought they were going to give us like a throwback to when Brian was in the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. I thought at least Harper would come down. Which suggests that he's not going to come back anytime soon, or unless he's come back as a singles guy, or is he going to come back and be a part of this whole... The movement? Faction, uh, the movement. I have, so, I have to say, though, that hemp belt is fantastic. See, I didn't like it, right? I looked at it as well and I said, that looks... Ugly, and mm-hmm. and that was meant to happen. Um, where we're not supposed to like it because he's a heel, but the more I look at it, I'm kind of starting to like it. Uh huh. Uh, it's good. You've got to love it. No, I, like I even 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 like the the colours of it, like the it's got the the kind of sky blue turquoise blue in it I thought that's really nice colours um, um, so it's kind of in the space of about 12 hours this actually grew on me when I um, first saw it I thought it looked really bad and then when you saw the closer design it is nice but I totally understand it is supposed to be something I mean I saw some guy on Twitter put up what do people think in the comments people were in tears saying oh they've just made the Universal Championship look better it's like but you're not supposed to like it. I know, and and then, and then when you kind of dive into Daniel Bryan's character, it's like, why is he being portrayed as a heel when he's speaking facts and truths? I know. <laughs> he's just wanting us to all live like a healthy lifestyle, and we're shitting on him. Yep, he's 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 preaching to a crowd full of people that live in excess, and they yep. don't they don't want to hear shit like that. Fickle. Fickle. And it, it's worked, but I mean, people who don't like the belt, if you're not happy, then you have just been worked, my good people. Because you're not supposed to like it. Uh-huh. And if anyone says oh, that's not how it works, listen, you've been had. It's a, it's a work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was the match itself was was it was fine, just not just not what the last two matches were that they had. Um, 
and then Eric Dragon coming down was just it was random as hell but oh. like he says you know there's, there could be a deep meaning behind it and didn't when Eric Dragon came down on Smackdown didn't the O did you see the O on the Titantron aye the, the recycling sign <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant so yeah it was confusing at the time. Um, and now, you. obviously, we're going to have that match at Elimination Chamber. Uh-huh. Six-way. Did you see Samoa Joe's promo? Oh, dear God. See when he said to Jeff Hardy... Jeff Hardy? <laughs> and he said, pretend this is like an AA meeting and close your mouth and let the rest of the group speak. Did you see Randy Orton? Randy Orton keeled over. Aye, he keeled over with his head in his hands. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Jeff Hardy was kind of smirking as well. That was devastating. Absolutely oh. devastating. You know how we said last week Daniel Bryan is arguably the best promo in, on the roster? Mm-hmm. Well, Small joke can stand toe-to-toe with aye. anyone. Uh-huh. That would be an interesting promo battle if they ever had oh. one. But I really want to see Joe with the title at some point. I do, t- I do too. Out of everyone that was in that ring, as much as I love Mustafa Ali, I can wait another year for Mustafa Ali. Of course. To get the title. But Joe, I, I need to see it. I mean, we're going on about Ali getting title shots at Mania. We're realistic, we know. Yeah, he's got one at Elimination Aye, that's Chamber, true. so... That's true. I mean, but we are realistic. It's it's going to be a while. He's still being yep. used prominently. Can't argue with that. And he's been painted yep. in a good light. So, things are still going well for Ali, but... It's interesting, I don't really have a clue what's going to happen heading into uh, WrestleMania with the SmackDown title. Interesting times ahead. Mm-hmm. Right, so, the Women's Royal Rumble match. I have to say, with both of these, they weren't the best matches. I'm, I just, I've said before, they're not my favourite style of match anyway. But I did very much appreciate that they didn't go for the whole... Let's bring in all the legends. Let's wheel them out onto the ramp, uh, and half of them nearly breaking their neck doing moonsaults and stuff like that. So I told you this last year that it would be a one-time thing, and if Evolution is a yearly pay-per-view, that was also going to be like a one-time thing as well, where the legends were kind of honoured. And just see, but they didn't have to do that the first time because they've got plenty of people that they can use. They had more than enough. But it's kind of like we didn't give you this opportunity back then and we appreciate everything you've done, so you've helped like, get the women this far and they wouldn't be in this situation if, as it wasn't for some of you's back in the day, so we kind of want to show our appreciation what you've done. And as a, as at the time I said, as a one-time thing, I'm happy with that, I'm fine. Because as a Royal Rumble, I kind of always generally expect maybe like, maybe two or maybe three at most, like older people coming back just for that little buzz, that little pop. Um, I kind of accepted that the same way we kind of accept that the WrestleMania were going to have some sort of celebrity or part-time legendary kind of involvement. Um, but just to follow on from you, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't like really bad. Uh-huh. Um, what I was just going to say was the inclusion of the a lot of the NXT, the May Young Classic, the NU... With Rhea Ripley doing not too bad at all. Um, fresh faces, 
people will remember them because a lot of people like rewatching Rumble. So if they don't watch the likes of NXT UK, um, they'll. Re- I mean, Rhea Ripley's got some presence about her, so there is that. Yep. An advert for the future, I would say, and that happened in the men's Rumble as well. We'll get on to that later. The obviously with what happened Lana earlier on, yeah. or before that, Alicia Fox. Oh, jeez. What was she on? (laughs) (laughs) Has she been drug tested at all this week? Lay off the weed. (laughs) Or pass it over here as well. That wasn't weed, that was some PCP (laughs) madness going on there. Pass it over. Uh, And then she had a tantrum in the ring and she was trying to reach her crown and couldn't reach it. I'm not going to lie, you see when she started rolling about doing her tantrum, I skipped 30 seconds. Did you? Like, I was cringing watching that. Uh, well, that wasn't her highlight. The The dancing at the entranceway was just... <laughs> Tremendous. What was, what was she, honestly, what was she thinking? She was clearly on something. It was like a dad dancing at a wedding. A, mm. white, a white dad dancing at a wedding as well. So, Lana, shoulder, uh, ankle injury, limps down, and then Becky comes down and says to Mr. Fit Finlay himself, please let me in. So she got in, won the Rumble. I want, I wanted Charlotte to win, I'm not going to deny it. Um, but it's still it's still quite a good feel-good moment overall. You said earlier that you quite enjoyed how it worked out, whereas she lost earlier on in the night, she comes back. So it was double duty for Miss Miss Lynch. I wouldn't say not so much that I enjoyed it. Um, it just made sense. And, it did. But I will say, when Finlay gave her the OK in her music kit, like, I did pop. I did. I'm not... I don't hate Becky, but I'm not on the hype train either. Uh-huh. I, 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 mean... appreciate, I appreciate what she's done and how good she is in the ring, but out of the four horsewomen, she's, ne- she's always never been, she's never been my favourite. Uh-huh. It's always gone Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, then Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did pop when she came in. I, I did. It was a pretty awesome moment, I must admit. Um, is it the floor's mine? So oh, all right, okay. She turns round and says to Charlotte, "You're not taking this from me." She never took anything from you in the first place. Anyone, like man, I think as great as Becky's been, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, Vince has well and truly got his hands in this pie. Caref- and careful. Give, give Charlotte your fucking respect. And she deserves the respect, but she deserves praise, and she also deserves to be acknowledged for how over Becky is and everything oh, yes. she's done. Becky Lynch has beat the holy hell out of Charlotte pretty much every week since SummerSlam, mm-hmm. bar maybe that week and um, that time in Australia. She has beat her up, and not only that, she's beat her clean. She's destroyed not, her. Not, she has literally ripped her apart. Charlotte fucking Flair, the best female wrestler in the world. 
who is going to go down more legendary than her father. Charlotte Flair should have beaten a one-legged Becky Lynch, but Becky beat her on one good leg. Flip the roles. You imagine if Charlotte was hobbling about in the ring and she'd toss Becky out and win. Mm -hmm. I'm a massive Charlotte mark. I I say the day after the SummerSlam on the SummerSlam review that if Charlotte wins every single match for the rest of her career, I'd find I would somehow manage to defend it. And it's somewhat true just because I'm a huge Charlotte mark. Give her give her the the recognition and playing a massive part in this for Becky as well. Mm-hmm. Because she has put her over. Constantly. Um, She's been buried. Oh, She's buried her constantly. Without a doubt. And I know a lot of people are still saying, well, she, Charlotte gets all these opportunities, etc. Charlotte has been treated like a fucking jobber at times these last few months. Uh-huh. That's quite strong, but I'm, that's what I'm trying to get across. Charlotte has put her over big time. Yeah. And, and this notion that some people think Charlotte's going to be inserted in the, the Mania match, she might be. And we we spoke about it earlier on in WhatsApp, where you asked me about the ball. I mean, I, was, I, I wouldn't be overly fussed either way. Mm-hmm. Don't think for a second if Charlotte being in this match is going to bring the quality down. Not a fucking chance. She's going to raise the quality. Oh, aye, she will. She will. I mean, look at the triple threat that we had with Asuka in TLC. Yeah. That was just a, an excellent match. There is that thing about having a triple threat at WrestleMania. It, it doesn't... There's something that's just off about it, so I can understand from that standpoint why it might not be the favoured choice. But I think Charlotte... If Charlotte's involved in that match, it would elevate the quality of the match. Um, it would give her the credit, that's because without Charlotte, Becky wouldn't be where she is today, like we were saying there. No, you um, but, but I would say though, what I would say is, I would, I think I would rather see just Becky versus Ronda. I think I would, but I would not be fussed at all if Charlotte, because Charlotte's well. I mean, Charlotte and Ronda have unfinished business with each other as well. Yeah, I, I, I get that, and like I says, that's why I wouldn't complain if Charlotte goes into the match because I know the match, the match quality is going to go up another level. Uh-huh. And, and you know me I'm all about the actual quality of the wrestling matches as opposed to like the build etc yeah. I would take match quality over character work etc and to put Charlotte in that match will improve the match quality but I would ra- I'm, I'm more leaning to just Becky versus Ronda if I'm honest mm-hmm. and Ronda beats her queen <laughs> <laughs> a squash match <laughs> the, see the they had an interesting promo battle on Monday night there right Ronda's promo before the match with Bailey. granted she fumbled she fumbled the ball a couple of times I think she was fighting a losing battle because that crowd was baying for blood at that point yep. I mean it's one of those ones you can barely hear yourself think there are um tried and trusted professionals who can just walk past that so Ronda's not professional in that regard when it comes to dealing with hostile crowds fair enough didn't work out well but since we're since the the new regime is dissecting promo syllable by syllable Becky's promo 
she's uh, she's got the old lingering effects from that concussion that she got because <laughs> she say, she said there what was it she said at the start of the promo with Ronda when I knocked you down in this very ring you didn't I'm paraphrasing you didn't retaliate you didn't come back and fight me yeah well, you knocked her down the backstage area was that was in, was she referring to the night she appeared. For Survivor Series. Uh huh. And then. When hit, an incident took place in the backstage. And then hit her with the. The chair. Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is, she said that Rhonda didn't retaliate, but. I mean, we all saw what happened at the end of TLC, where Rhonda came down and Ronda, uh, Becky and Charlotte were looking at Rhonda as if they were deer caught in the headlights. Cost her the women's title. It's not as if she didn't retaliate, she had quite a significant impact on Becky in December. So, but see the thing that annoys me is they're given th- whoever's coming up with the things for Rhonda to say they should home in on a few things. I think they should start homing in on Becky's flaws, show up some of the the cracks and her and the strength that she says. She, I think she could say something. I don't know. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head that she's in between a rock and a hard place. She could bring up that if you think that tapping out to Asuka and then coming to me is intimidating, then it's not because. That kind of says to me that Becky's afraid of Asuka, so she's just trying to move on to someone else, or, or maybe not. Or plus, if she really think, if she really thinks that Becky's a man, again, I'm bringing up these Austin comparisons. Do you think Austin would would have asked one of the backstage bosses if he could enter the Rumble? Austin would have just stormed his way right down to the ring. Becky was basically pleading and begging to get into that match with Fit Finley. Um, so she could play on the fact that Becky's just all talk and has a, a certain nervous not nervousness, what's the word I'm looking for? She still knows her place, if that makes sense. So see if Rhonda was given that sort of material, I think it would give her an edge that people can't deny because they are just simple facts. It would give her a bit of a foothold in what, in what looks to be the case, a, a promo battle, like we had with Cena and Reigns leading up to their match. And if they want to go meta, bring up things outside of the the, uh, the fourth wall, cool. But give Ronda some toys to play with at the same time. Did any of that make any sense whatsoever? Uh, and the problem is, like, you're, you're kind of throwing Ronda in at the deep end here. I know a lot of people are going, well, she's been here for about 10 months or so. But, well, you know, well, Becky's been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of throwing Ronda out of the deep end. But I, I, at least earlier on, I thought Ronda's comeback was, was excellent. You know, she raised value, she, she actually raised valid points. Mm-hmm. Um, she had Becky so yeah, physically like, on her back foot I, as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it, was, it was a nice opening round. Um, I'm not going to bury Becky, to be honest. Like I say, this, I would... I did pop for a come down to Rumble and I would say I would rather it was just Becky versus Ronda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it'll be, it's going to be an interesting build to Mania. Because when you think about it, Ronda's now going to have to be preoccupied anyway for the next couple of pay-per-views. She'll be defending it at some point. Uh-huh. So we might see one or two be jabs, but we're not going to get like a full-blown build-up slash feud at the moment. Because we're still quite a bit out, and let's say in the, in the meantime, Ronda will probably defend the title a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You would assume. I just think going forward, if they want to make any, this in any way equal, then 
Rhonda should start coming back with some truths like she has and uh, a tweet that she sent out I can't remember what it said but the, the promo afterwards when she'd wrestled a match worked off her nerves and came across a lot better a lot more menacing um, I would prefer to see that side of Ronda Rousey than the I have a dream stuff that she was talking about so it's it's one of those ones I the fans have just they just they just need to go back and watch some of her interviews in like like I don't know what they would call it. like you know how we get like HBO would do boxing documentaries and the build up to fighting were called twenty four seven and then in UFC done the same and like just go back and watch some of them and you'll just see her like mouthing bad mouthing her opponents and stuff like that and it's mm-hmm. like just get her to do stuff like that. I mean, you don't even need to have her out in front of a live audience. Even if you have her just, like, in the gym working out and she's just spitting saying shit. Like, you don't need to continue to put her out there in front of a live audience for, basically, for her to be savaged. Yeah, either laying her up to be savaged. Like, just protect her a little bit because by no means should Becky let up. No, you know? so Becky can keep doing what she's doing, but Rhonda needs to get some... Offense in as well, um, verbal offense. Right. You need to kind of help her, I think, because we know she's not on the same level as Becky. Mm-hmm. But at least try and make it, try and even the playing field a little, and and, and maybe try and just say to Ronda, like, just go out and just kind of be you and say what you kind of want to say. Uh-huh. And and she'll come across like how she came across in a lot of her MMA interviews and during her time there. And maybe that's not what they're wanting then. Maybe that's why they're... I know, but it's one of those ones we're going to have one of these situations where the fans have dictated what happens and Ronda's going to start acting like the heel. I would just let her. I, I, think, she'd, I think she'd come out with some fire promos. Mm-hmm. She was saying there, um, you know that I could kill you with one punch. That's fucking true. I know. Remember, who was it Ric Flair said that he screamed in... Was it Paige? He screamed in her face, kill yourself or something like that. <laughs> Might have been. Paige or Natalia, that's a dreadful thing to say. I, was, I think I remember, I don't know, it definitely was one of them. Horrendous, but... Ah, he's, he's just a fucking scumbag anyway. <laughs> he was probably drunk at the time. Fucking Ben Jordan. <laughs> right, men's royal rump, no, right, go on. Tell us your best match of the night then, Ricky. Match of the night was Finn Balor versus our, our Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar. Well, I'm moving to another universe then. Embrace it. No. Nope. Embrace it. Embrace it the way I have. You've went a full 360, like you said in your tweet, not a 180. Oh, I've come, I've done a complete U-turn on Brock. Oh my God almighty. You've lost me as a friend. That's fine. Right, take care, folks. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for the support over this last year or so. Coming to you next week, Ricky will have a new podcast partner. Brock Lesnar. I mean, I'll put out, I'll put a tweet out and I'll accept all kind of applications. You've fallen for it, hook, line and sinker. Uh, the baby face has, has really, has really got a chance of beating Brock Lesnar. Oh, and he's, he's mounted some offence and... Oh, Oh, he's so close to getting the pinfall in. Oh, wait, Brock wins again. Lol, see you right. in a few months' time. Bye-bye. And it'll Outside go- of Roman and Brock, right? Roman and Goldberg. Hell, I wouldn't even throw Roman into this argument. Finn Balor is the one that's looked most likely to beat Brock. 
AJ did as well, and so did Daniel Bryan. Not, and not, so did CM not, the Punk. Way, not the way I felt about Finn Balor on Sunday. That's just because you were. Um, um, you took the you know what? It was not even. It wasn't even any kind of offense that Brock got in. Win me over. Brock is, I think, the best seller. Arguably the best seller in the company. It was that that won me over, even though I always knew he was like this great, great seller. It was, I can't, I, can't, I don't know how to pronounce it. But do you remember the condition he had at MMA in Colsey that I, I don't, I really don't it's want to butcher it? Diverticulitis. Yes. So, and, and that was legitimately a serious, serious thing. That kind of ended his initial UFC run. And then when he, when he, when Finn throws him into the table and he goes into it and all of a sudden I was like it was just the way he was selling and then he couldn't really pick him up for Germans he couldn't get any offence in and he kept selling it it was just at that point I was like man I've been too busy trashing Brock and I've never really truly appreciated at times appreciated some aspects of his wrestling because the Brock was their first time around or hell even up until the Roman Reigns Wrestlemania match was really good. It was only when Super X City became a thing that it kind of got boring. It was the selling aspect from Brock that really won me over. And like I say, he's always been a great seller and I've always known that. But it was just, like I say, it was because it was just because Finn came so close. And I really wanted Finn to win. And I got, I'm not saying I'm a Brock Mark or anything because as soon as Finn tapped, I was like, Oh, fuck. See, what did you say just there? You're not a Brock Mark. Right, let me, no. see, let me see your WhatsApp message. I know, right? But that's me just kind of exaggerating. But I'm not like this. I'm not like Brock's not Rusev or Charlotte or anyone like that. Right? But I, I guess I've just, I finally, I wouldn't say got over my hatred or annoyance towards Brock because he's still... I'm still not happy that he is Universal Champion but I always put that down to Vince and not Brock you know I've always said Brock Lesnar is, is I, I don't hate on Brock Lesnar like doing what he's doing in terms of coming and going as he pleases and getting all the money it's all down to Vince I, I, said, I don't really have an explanation for what won me over but I, when, when Brock was selling the way he was selling I was just like I think I've been crapping on this guy, rightfully so at times, but never really truly appreciated like some of the other aspects of his wrestling, despite knowing it already. I think my hatred towards him didn't want me to give him any kind of credit as a wrestler. So there you have it. I've got nothing to no add. More, no more fuck Brock, no more... It's done. Okay, cool, cool story, bro. Seth, Absolutely, very enjoyed. Uh, Seth is going to lose on at WrestleMania. I if Seth goes on to lose again, I'll be more pissed at Vince. It's the combination of the two. It's not. Come on, like come on. If you walk into work tomorrow, like seriously, and you say to your boss, and your boss says you can either work all the shifts that you're doing now. Right, for the exact same money, or you can come in and work two or three days a month, but you still make the same money. 
you're not coming in every single day. And if you say you are, you're lying to me. Now, I'm not looking at it from a business aspect. I'm looking at it from a quality content aspect. Right, but see, who's to say? Who's to say that this isn't what Vince and the other bookers, etc., are wanting his matches to look like? Can you no? Can you honestly say? Do you think you'll be saying the same things as you are tonight if Seth Rollins loses at WrestleMania? I'll I'll give. If Brock puts in the kind of performance he put on Sunday, I'll still say good things. But my anger will be vented towards Vince, like it always has been. Yeah. Right. So that part, and I'll say this: that part, I've been consistent. Uh-huh. I, I find I've always said fuck Brock, but I've always said you cannot hate on Brock. You've got to shift your anger towards Vince for uh-huh. allowing it. We have determined on this podcast. That Vince is the one that's the yes man in this relationship between him and Brock. I get that. So whenever I say Brock, I mean Brock and Vince. This is not going to change. Seth yeah, Rollins. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if Brock wins at WrestleMania, I can tell you right now, I won't be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And it'll just be the same again and again. But we'll see. Right, let's go on. Yep. Men's Royal Rumble. Right, well, I was saying earlier, the the youth, not so much youth, but the, the fresher faces in WWE got a chance to shine. I really liked um, the, the fact that there were lesser established talent that was able to shine instead of the, the dinosaurs of the past. Okay, I had Jeff Jarrett at the start. Looking horrendous, by the way. Oh, terrible. Um, Kurt Angle put some WD-40 on and managed to lock in a few Germans. Looked not bad. At least he didn't last too long though either. I know. Uh, I think, was that it though? I think so, because like, Dunn, Pete Dunn did very well for himself. I really liked yep. how he brought the six foot seven Drew McIntyre down to his knees, even down to the, the, the mat floor with the, the finger manipulation, the joint manipulation that just shows size... The size differential doesn't matter when it comes to someone, especially like Pete Dunne, who can bring a giant to his, his knees. Um, Ali Maha, uh, Muhammad, Maha, Maha, Mahatma Gandhi, Ma- Mustafa Ali left with a good couple of scalps. Um, I bowled my eyes out in smart rage when Nia Jax punted him over the top rope. Can I quickly interrupt? Did it not sound when Joe was saying his promo on SmackDown that he called Mustafa Musafa when he was outside the ring? Uh, or as it sounded like he called him Mufasa? <laughs> <laughs> Probably did. He was firing off in all cylinders. <laughs> right, sorry, continue. Uh, so, but apart from that, Ali did well. He lasted a long time, got a couple of scalps in Nakamura and Joe. That, the bit with Joe lying out in the, the commentary table grasping at thin air as Ali was watching on that was excellent um, Alistair Black was memorable Gargano apart from his, his spear pretty inconsequential all said and done um, and I did I did actually Andrade have, hmm? Andrade yes I did have a flicker of incitement, excitement when I realised that Almas was still in the match quite late on I thought oh. I, I thought it was going to be him and Seth as the final uh, two I just thought Wait a minute. And then I remember fucking Baron for a second. Oh, God. Uh, overall, 
I think the right man won. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nothing come WrestleMania. Uh, I'm locking it up, but I think it was still a sensible outcome. Do you agree? Yeah. Do you agree with Seth Rollins being the right guy? Are you happy that it was Seth Rollins? Yeah, happy with Seth. Happy with Seth. One or two things in Rumble annoyed me. Okay. I thought Ambrose was eliminated too early. That's him. Being... I, have, I, have a, I have a theory about that. <laughs> I thought Drew McIntyre eliminated too early, and I thought even before that, though Drew looked they they made Drew look like the real deal. I felt you could have. I felt he was going a little too early though. I was in agreement with you when Almas was there towards the end. I was. It wasn't so much that he was going to win it. I was just excited for that two or three minute moment you're going to get with Ambrose. Sorry, Rollins and Almas. Fucking Dolph Ziggler comes back. Um, Nia Jax entering didn't bother me one single bit. Uh, no, not so much. The oh, but the split second, I had a split second of just uncontrollable angst and like Kyle sent us that photo of someone saying she eliminated Ali, I'm cancelling my network route. I don't know who that idiot was, right? But go back and just watch the moment Mustafa Ali squares up to Nia Jax. At first, he's, he was like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then it was a case of, like, you can just see him, like, his facial expressions and his body was like, I can't hit a woman. I'm not hitting a woman. And then she she just suddenly attacks him and throws him out. So, Mustafa Ali, the good guy, didn't want to hit the woman. Mm-hmm. You know, so she then took advantage of that and threw him out. Like, I thought that was... That, in fact, it's not ideal, it's like, but I didn't see an issue with it because there was a story behind it. There was, a, like, that moment from him where he was like, I, I'm not putting my hands on a woman. But feel- you know what the best part about Nia Jax entering was? <laughs> Her little face-off with Randy Orton. Oh, Mr. Maga himself. See, see when he turned away a little bit and then tried to hit the RKO and she pushed him away? Mm-hmm. I I was, I literally felt like I my arms went in the air and I was... I was laughing so damn much at that point moment in time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I just thought it was hilarious. And then when he did hit the RKO again, again, I, I, I was in a burst of laughter. I felt a, la- a fit of laughter. Uh-huh. I don't know why I found it funny, but I just I thought that moment was hilarious for some random reason. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, right, right person win, but just one or two little issues I had with it. But overall... Um, oh, I thought you were going to overall, expand on that. No, I would say that it was a Drew McIntyre and Ambrose thing. Mm-hmm. But overall, um, it was it was a good show. I mean, Seth was outside the ring for quite a bit. This happens in Rumbles all the time, though. I know, but we absolutely... Well, we're not we, but Roman... I hate always going back to Roman. But Roman was absolutely buried for that time where he was like kind of in the rumble not really doing much and then get taken away at the back and then came back out after missing about 15 minutes of it mm-hmm. but it kind of gave me seeing Rollins it kind of gave me feels like that but I guess I'm probably just picking at things to bitch about really but um, no like I said overall for the entire Royal Rumble pay-per-view I felt I felt was was a pretty good show overall uh-huh. Um 
and the weekend in, in general was really, really oh, good. Fantastic. The, my, my crushing des- depression when Ali was eliminated didn't last long, though. I just, I mean, if it was someone who wasn't a, an internet darling, nobody would have batted an eyelid. So it had to be mm. someone. He's in a title match at one of the flagship pay-per-views. Well, not a flagship, not one of the big fours, but it's quite a one of my favourite genres, the old um, chamber match. I really enjoy them. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in that. Hopefully he locks in a couple and, of brutal tornado DDTs from the top of one of the pods. And the thing is, like, these ones, certainly for the brand, we didn't have the winner of the Royal Rumble. They kind of hold a bit of significance, because remember, Bray won it in That's one right. of the papers used between the Rumble and WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, and then last year's, like, it was a real good, it was a good match as well. The Nia Jax thing didn't bother me too much. The, the She got her comeuppance, basically. Hashtag comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, she got destroyed. That super kick laid in. Excellent. The 619 and the RKO. So she got her moment in the spotlight. It worked out well. It's a it's one it's a moment you'll not forget in a long, long time. So she's got that for her as well. Heat yep. magnet. She is a heat magnet. Whatever it, no matter what people say. Whether it was accidental heat or not, but still heat, heat, brother. You 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 get you got the heat, and then you kind of just keep antagonising people by bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not, I'm not an Ajax fan or anything like that either. So, aye, I'm not advocating for her, but she's yeah. doing her job well. So that concludes the Saturday and Sunday portion of WWE, and some crazy stuff happened on Monday night just after Raw. There was reports circulating. Before, see, see, sorry, before we get into that, mm-hmm. um, I sent a tweet out on the Sunday. Which got which got a little bit of attraction, little little traction. Oh God, that's um, right. Sean Ross Sap or Fightful replied saying "lol," and I was like, okay. Um, I kind of got excited about that. Um, I tweeted saying Kenny Omega was due to make his debut in the Royal Rumble, and I would tweet out more information later on in the evening. But obviously, that never came to fruition. But you've got some information on why that didn't happen, haven't you? Should I divulge it at the moment on the podcast? I'm not entirely sure. Well, you've got a lot of people saying what happens next, so I think you owe it to them to... You don't have to give away your sources. But No, I, I definitely... I, I can't give away the sources, but... This is one of... I would call it a Ricky rumour, but it's not a rumour. It's fact. So here it goes. So he was due to get on... The 1199 plane out of Tokyo. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't want to give away my sources or anything like that. So he gets, oh, he got on the plane, and for the reason why he never turned up at the Royal Rumble, folks, is because planes changed. <laughs> That's it's not a Ricky rumor. It's fact, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-huh. I'll divulge more information when I get it on Twitter. Cool. Um, you heard it here first, guys. Shocker, innit? Oh, I don't know where to go for that one. Right, so... <laughs> <laughs> right, Dean Ambrose has reportedly left the company. It was 
touted shortly after Raw and it became official, quote-unquote official, from the WWE website later on on Tuesday night, just before SmackDown, I believe, or a couple of hours before SmackDown. He is apparently unhappy with how he's been handled since he came back. He doesn't like doing hokey shit. Um, His contract expires at the end of April, round about WrestleMania time, and it looks to be out the door. Yep. It's a what, motherfuckers? <laughs> right. Right, go on. So if it's not a what, and it turns out to be true, I'll hold my hands up and say uh, I was completely wrong. But as I said in my tweet, when this comes out and it shows that he didn't quote unquote, he doesn't, he doesn't fact quote unquote return, and we've all been played. I will be coming after every fucker that laughed at me when I said it's a work. And I will be tweeting about it non-stop. And the reasons they give, right, that he's not been happy with his character, because seeing that little documentary of that 24... The Chronicle. The Chronicle they done. It was kind of done in kind of kayfabe sense and not also... Like he was, he came across a guy that knew who he wanted his on-screen persona to be like, what he wanted it to be like. He had full control over his character that moment in time, and he knew what he wanted to come across like. So, with Dean, with, with a report saying that he's not happy with where his character was going and etc., and he doesn't like doing hokey shit. Like it makes sense. Because he hasn't had great booking at times. He's been involved he's been involved in a lot of shitty fucking angles. He's been involved and, in a lot of good angles as well. Yep. But you know, I mentioned hokey shit and I'm gonna quickly go off for a second. It was quite funny, Joey Ryan tweeted out I don't know if you saw it, tweeted out saying, So Dean Ambrose or John Box or whatever he says, doesn't like doing hokey shit. Wait until he has his first match with me on the Indies. <laughs> Uh, hi. Or he could go. <laughs> Maybe he could go back to doing some of his drunk, drunk death matches at CCW. I think that's right. I don't. I think this will work, right? Because first of all, we don't ever talk about rumors, like when it comes to wrestling wise. But when the WWE put it out, when when was the last time we done this? Yeah. Have they ever? I don't know. It's just it could be because there's been a an upsurge of these rumours about wrestlers want to leave. Not all of them have come true. Yeah, and that's fine, but they never addressed the Marie, Mike and Maria Canales situation. The revival thing, they never mentioned that at all. Mm-hmm. You've got um, wrestlers you look at, all up and down Twitter changing their Twitter names to their shoot names. You know, so there's a lot of that for me. As soon as they come out and said it, I was like, "No, this doesn't make sense to me at all." And I know, I know some people are like, "Oh, well, they're going to bury him on the way out." Why would they bury him on the way out? The tweet they put out to me, if you want to look at it, if you if you think it's if it's the truth, it's real. The tweet they put out suggests that look, we kind of. 
we want to end this on good terms because one day you might want to come back so we kind of don't want to annoy you or, or make you look bad. So at least if we extend all Olive Branch at this moment in time showing that look, we care about you and one day you might want to come back. So I don't see him wanting to bury him and people can say, oh, well, he lost, look at that, he lost clean to Seth Rollins. It's not like he fucking lost clean to Kurt Hawkins here. Yep. So... And Seth Rollins had just won the Rumble. Exactly. Look, put things into a little bit of perspective here. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think it's a work because, like I said, they have not done this before. A report comes out and they react to it less than, what, like 12, 18 hours later to it and put out a tweet, a statement of their own. Mm-hmm. I, you said quite early on that you think this is going to lead to Dean Ambrose versus Triple H at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting that feeling as well. Like, don't get me wrong, it could easily be the truth. And about three honest time, oh, we're going to look stupid. No, we won't because we've said if we're wrong, we'll hold our hands up. But well, we might look stupid. But I won't tell myself I look stupid because we've embraced the fact that this could be truth. It looks like it could be the truth with. Uh, Tammy as well. Last yeah, I heard they hadn't maybe, actually released him and, yet as well. And the thing is about the Ambrose thing that why would you just let him go, right? Because you might want him to come back one day. This is a company that's shown that they don't really give a shit about doing like doing the moral doing mo- the things that are morally morally correct. Right? Mm-hmm. So you look at the whole Saudi thing and then you look at the if you go further back a wee bit, you look at the whole CM Punk getting these his papers on his wedding day, etc. So if you really wanted to stick it to Ambrose, right, why would you let him walk out in April knowing that double or nothing is just literally just around the corner? Yeah. Why wouldn't you then, if we still might, why don't you just release him a day or two before his contract runs out and that way he has the, the 90 day non-compete where it means he can't go to double or nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, to me, it's a it's a strange one. I personally think we're being worked. <laughs> I I said that immediately, immediately, and I felt it was even more enhanced that feeling the moment the WWE put that statement out. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a bizarre one. And why would they put this out knowing that they've already got hostile crowds all up and down the country now, left and right, up and down. If the fans have got this knowledge that Dean Am- uh, Jonathan Good is leaving the company, they're going to shit all over his his segments. Yeah, and they might not even put him back on TV now. I don't think they will. Well, I say that, and then my theory come next Monday could be blown out of the water. It could, unless unless they kind of do the whole CM Punk leaving storyline again, which they might do. He kept saying time and time again that I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm taking the title with me. Mm-hmm. And then he, he does actually leave and then returns a few a couple of weeks later. So they could do that. It reminds me of that. It reminds me of when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were apparently sent home from tour. Mm-hmm. When, funnily enough, the storyline that was going on at the time was them having war with the authority of the brand. Yep. So it's just, again, I'm not. I'll say it one more time. If it's if it's true, it's true. Hold the, we both hold our hands up, but it's just a bizarre way to go about it. The PR around it's going to be strange. You're leading into a mania program. Dean and Triple H had a square off during Raw. Dean was about to start a promo talking about when he first. Is it something about saying when he first came at WWE? 
uh, and then Nia Jax came down and attacked him. No, I was saying that um, I want you to say, now keep quiet or give me attention or something. I'm trying to pull my heart out to you people. And then it stopped, so... It was kind of almost reminiscent of KO. See, if it's one of those ones where they're doing this because of Jonathan Good actually wanting to leave, fine. They're making the best of the situation that they can. We'll see what happens, but like you said, if it's if it is a work and it does turn out to be a work, I'm looking forward to your your onslaught. <sighs> Twitter will be a glorious night that night. Uh huh. You'll be wearing your Bobby Roode gown. <laughs> right, time's getting on a wee bit, isn't it? Yeah, rambled on quite a bit tonight. It was a big weekend, and the big. It was a big weekend, Jandika. Let's go to the quiz now. Right. So this quiz. Uh, general knowledge, no theme, random questions here and there, 10 questions. Uh, oh, splice the music in now. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Right, first question, Mr. Ricky. Mm-hmm. Who did Edge beat during the invasion angle to become, for the first time, the United States champion? Mm. Would you like me to repeat the question? No. Edge, US champion. Hmm. Would you like a clue? Um, yeah, why not? He fought this person again at the the next the, the upcoming WrestleMania. Um, oh well. Um, was it? Was it cut? It was not. Would you like another clue? No, why not? Shampoo advert. Oh, you don't know. You don't remember this at all, do you? No. He fought this person because a Japanese company wanted to do a shampoo advert, and they were both vying for the spot in the advert. Yeah, I don't remember this advert at all. <laughs> well, okay. The answer is Booker T. Oh, Question. I don't remember that advert at all. Well, they didn't actually have the advert. They just made it up. No, I mean, like that angle. Question number two. How many successful title defences did the Revival have in NXT takeovers? A few doozers for you this week, mate. Three. That is incorrect. Four. Incorrect. Two? Correct. Fuck. Uh, London, where they beat Enzo and Cass, and Brooklyn 2. <sighs> a lot of the stuff happens. Um, it's weird, because they felt like such a dominant force for so long, but it was only twice they successfully defended it. That's quite, mm-hmm. quite the fact. Can you remember who the Revival beat to win the titles the first time? 
Is this a question? Yes. It was going to be a bonus question, but I ran out of ideas, so it's just a, an actual question. Um, uh, I was going to say American Alpha, but I don't know if it is. I'll help you with a bit of a clue. It was on TV. So it wasn't the Alpha. They beat this people in one of the non-televised when they were doing the NXT tours in a Dusty tournament, the Dusty Tag Team Classic. Oh, Gotch and the Vaudevillains? Yes, correct. Well done. You got there. Well done. Right, number four, including now, how many times has R-Truth held the US title? There's some gimmick infringement information for you after this. What do you mean? I'll tell you. I'll just tell you just now. When I was researching our truth for this question, uh, you know, he's had quite a few nicknames over the years. Yeah. Um, two. Correct. Uh, and he's wrestled in a few different companies. At one point in his career, he was called Pretty Ricky. Uh, I'm going to hit him on Twitter right now, actually. Say, uh, excuse me, pretty Ricky, what's up? Uh, <laughs> Number five, Mandy Rose, Chelsea Green, and Velveteen Dream all have what in common with regards to it? Were they not all on Tough Enough in the same season? Yeah, well done. You got there very quickly. Number six, King of the Ring, 2002, was the last King of the Ring for a while. And it was always a June pay-per-view. When it finished up, what replaced it the next year in 2003? What was the name of that pay-per-view? Okay. Would you like a clue? No. Um... Jeez, oh. I, thought, I don't know at all. Uh, the clue is there was a, a Hell in a Cell match in this pay-per-view. Hell in a Cell? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that could be anything. TLC could be... Uh, it was Triple H versus Kevin Nash. Ah, uh, right. So, um, bad blood. Correct answer. You're doing well tonight. No, I'm not. I've done terrible. How many titles did Scott Steiner win in his WWE slash F career? Just any kind of title or tag. Just titles in general. Uh huh. Where did you get the Scott Steiner question from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got no, I've got no decent response for that one. Um, t- 
Correct answer. He won two tag titles back in the F days with his brother Rick. Number eight. How many takeover matches did Hideo Itami have? <laughs> I was surprised at the answer. Takeover matches. This is just a complete stab in the dark. Seven? No. The answer is four. So he tagged with Finn Balor at Revolution against the Ascension. He was in a championship tournament thing of some description against Tyler Breeze. Then he was injured for 50 years. We'll never find out who attacked him in the car park now. Uh, then he. Fought. The only thing, the great thing about that, remember Keo walked past him? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, you bastard. I know. Uh, he <laughs> fought Bobby Roode for the title and he fought Alistair Black at Brooklyn 2 or 3. Maybe 3. No, 2. I don't know. Uh, number 9. Who is. Whose real name is Christopher Keith Irvin? You're, it's. Wait, sorry? Your children are up late tonight. I told you. Mum lets him have a nap. Why are you letting him have a nap during the day? What's wrong with you? It's. Um, what's his face? Jericho. Correct. The Ayatollah of alcoholism. <laughs> he was he was gassed on Sunday. <laughs> and then promptly deleted those tweets. Did he delete them? Deleted them, apparently. I've not been honest. Oh, me follow, I've not been honest. Twitter. Aye. Apparently deleted them. Fucking shitbag. Uh, number 10. Ask his fucking... He's calling out someone else for having a fat belly. I know. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? He was clearly hammered, wasn't he? Pot kettle black. Pot belly kettle black. <laughs> uh, number 10. What was Enzo Amore's last pay-per-view appearance? Summerslam. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, very funny. I'm, po- I'm pointing at your uh, face just now. That was good. Um... One for us to get released. Yeah. Oh, it was right before Raw twenty five, so it must have been January. What the fuck was that? December pay per view then, I'm assuming. Does pre show count? Yes. Oh, it must have been a December pay per view. I don't know. I don't even know what that pay per view was. No idea. Do you not even want to hazard a guess? I can't even think what the December pay per view would be. TLC. Correct. Let's move on. Was it TLC? Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven out of ten. That's actually not too bad because I thought I was doing quite bad. Um, well, you got you got off to a bad start, but you rescued yourself pretty well. Well done, pretty Ricky. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, 
Right here, Ricky. Or, or uh, my new, my new gimmick is actually going to be the Punjabi Playboy. <laughs> um, <sighs> anything you want to say before we go? No, it's a work. That's all, folks. It's a work. Hashtag it's a work. It's a work. You never know, we could end up seeing John Moxley at an ICW show in the future. Could fucking see John Moxley down the Meadow Centre, for all we know. <laughs> right, okay. Um, we are the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I've already fucked up the plug, so I'm not going to continue. We've got loads of podcasts now. Just check out the links in the, the show notes that I've got for you because I will do a disservice and forget half of them. The socialsuplex.com has all the podcasts, it has all the columns that we write, it has an email option where you can subscribe and get them sent straight to your email. We are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook and the Facebook page has the Wrestling Squares Circle Facebook group where we've got threads for pay-per-views, for Raws, for Smackdowns. Oh, I just broke my thumb, I think. Um... Uh, I've got some fucking massive news for you, mate. You don't want to plug that other thing? The 4,000 hours a month? Oh, shit. Aye, powerslam.t. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really hope they don't listen to this. Um, powerslam. <laughs> powerslam.tv is the streaming service to go to for all your independent wrestling needs over 4,000 hours are now in the library you get a first free month if you put in the social suplex promo code um, there's been talk in the group chat about getting a, an advert a pre-recorded advert for the plugs of the network the quicker that happens the better because I've never done it well uh, back to the breaking news Ultimate Warrior is back from the dead uh, and he's going to be teaming up with Daniel Bryan they're going to be doing another two man power trip and they'll be called the Ultimate Eco Warriors You just said you weren't going to tell any jokes and you said you were going to, if we were going to have any jokes it would just come natural that wasn't natural, that was fucking terrible uh, What can I say mate, planes changed Fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, right, well, take care, folks. I love us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for speak to you next week. Speak to you next week when there will be about five wrestlers left in the E. <laughs> right, night, night. Right, night. Take care, folks. It's a work. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.